0: Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzovino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. As many of you know, in our Sunday evening services, our purpose is... Through seed planting and environment to create an atmosphere that will make it easier for the people of God to be delivered and healed and set free, and also to maintain their deliverance and healing. In other words, to maintain a victorious life. We believe in a God of victory, and we believe that we are overcomers through the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony, we overcome the works of darkness. And all the forces that oppose us in life. In Romans chapter 12 and verse... Well, we'll read both verses 1 and 2. But first let us pray. Our Father, we thank You for Your holy written Word. Our ears are opened and attentive. Our hearts are receptive. Our minds... We'll receive the truth and be affected by it. As an act of our will, we will not be distracted. We will accurately hear what you have to say to our hearts through your word, by your spirit. Holy Spirit, we invite you to unveil to our spirits the deep, rich treasures of the word. To enlarge our capacity to receive revelation knowledge wisdom and understanding of all things that pertain to life and godliness. We thank You for utterance in the Holy Ghost to boldly proclaim the truth of Your Word and demonstration of the Spirit of power that our faith would stand not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, through worship and praise, as you can sense and see we generate that miracle-working power that enables us to be free. And we've been doing that quite a bit lately, haven't we? Just gathering around the altar, worshiping, blessing Him and praising Him, enjoying the anointing. And of course, we thank Him for the enhancement of the anointing that we've experienced recently. We are privileged in should be very thankful to be so blessed of the Lord. But we cannot get caught up in the sensation of it all and neglect the Word. How many of you know that? For we generate that miracle working power through prayer, worship, praise in the Spirit. But we activate that power through faith to accomplish the purpose of the Father's will. In other words, it needs to be channeled specifically to accomplish the purpose of the Father's will through faith. And of course, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we must continually hear the Word of God so that we can be accurate in appropriating the miracle working power that is so mightily manifest among us. See, this makes it easier for us to get delivered and set free and easier for us to maintain what we have. And it applies to every area of life. Now, God's highest and most perfect will for all of our lives, for every believer's life, is that we live out the full length of our days upon this earth without sickness and without disease until we fall asleep in the arms of Jesus and go home to be with Him. Now, that's God's highest and that's God's perfect will. But we know that God's highest and perfect will will not be achieved unless we do something with our bodies and with our minds. For in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and that you be not conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Notice the threefold will of God. The good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. If we want to experience the perfect, which is the highest will of God for our lives then our minds must be sufficiently renewed to the Word of God so that we can experience it. Also, we must do something with our bodies. Because, you see, our bodies will rebel and our minds will rebel against what is the highest and most perfect will of God for our lives. There will always be opposition. Even in Christian circles, when you start talking like that, saying that people can be free from sickness and free from disease, you meet immediate opposition. Let's be realistic, brother. Well, let's be realistic. Let's look to the Word and see what it says and be realistic. And that's what it says. And I can't alter it to accommodate religious tradition. Can you? Can you? I can't. And God's Word teaches us His highest and most perfect will for all of our lives is that we be delivered from this present evil age. Amen? Amen? Jesus prayed that prayer and said, I'm not praying that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evils of this age. And thank God I believe that Jesus gets his prayers answered, don't you? Absolutely. But notice, we've got to do something with our bodies, and notice we've got to do something with our minds. Our minds must be sufficiently renewed to the Word of God, sufficiently. Otherwise, we will produce the good will of God. Then if we get our minds renewed further, we'll produce the acceptable will of God. And if we get our minds renewed further, see, it's the depth of revelation that we're talking about, then we'll begin to walk in the perfect will of God for our lives. Now, we also stated the fact that we do not infer that if a child of God did not experience this most perfect will of God for his or her life that that makes them an inferior Christian. Because it doesn't, does it? I mean, thank God for the outer effect, but the inward cause is so much better. Amen? Thank God we know Jesus is Savior and Lord, and thank God we can go to heaven. We can go to heaven without being healed. Aren't you thankful for that? We can go to heaven without being delivered. Aren't you thankful for that? You can live in bondage right here upon this earth. Like the woman for how many years? In Luke's gospel. How many years was she bound up? Jesus said, all those years you've been bound up. Well, I don't want us to be bound up. Thank God we can be free. But you know what? You can still go to heaven as long as you're born again. But we want it all, don't we? We want everything that God has provided for us. We want salvation in its fullest meaning. Spirit. Soul and body, every part of our being free by the power of God. Well, in order to achieve that, our minds must be sufficiently renewed to the Word of God. Now, if you'll turn with me to the book of Exodus, chapter 23. I enjoy reading these scriptures because they feed my spirit. I don't know what they do to yours, but they feed my spirit. I get excited just knowing I'm turning to the scripture on the inside so I can read it again. Because I don't know about your faith, but my faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And I'm going to hear what this Scripture has to say. I want you to notice with me in verse 20, Exodus chapter 23 and verse 20, that God's will, although perfect, is not automatic. God's will, although perfect, is not automatic. When we start making declarations and statements such as we can live free from sickness and free from disease and we have authority and dominion over devils and demons and evil spirits and et cetera, et cetera, people think that what we are doing is violating the sovereignty of God. Yet many fail to realize that God being a sovereign being in his sovereignty chose to bind himself to his holy written word. And therefore, he must be responsible to honor his word, to watch over it, to perform it, and to make it good. Otherwise, he'll become a liar. So, it's evident that even though he is sovereign, acting in harmony with his word is not violating his sovereignty, is it? For, you see, in his sovereignty, he revealed his will. And his revealed will means that even in his sovereignty, he wouldn't change the statement. So, praise God, we know that we can act in boldness and confidence toward heaven because we have heaven's will. And we have heaven's agreement on our sides. And I'm glad for that. I don't know about you. Verse 20, it says, Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him, obey his voice, provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak. Notice the conditions. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak. Then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies. And an adversary unto thine adversaries. How many of you know that sickness and disease and everything. In the forces of darkness. In the realm of darkness. Everything that they represent is an enemy of ours. Mental anguish. Anxiety. Fear. Worry. Lack. Lack want all those things, are enemies. But praise God, if we'll obey His voice, if we'll do what He has instructed us to do, be obedient to His word and to His will, He'll become an enemy to our enemies and an adversary to our adversaries. For mine angels shall go before thee and bring thee into the, under the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. Thou shalt not bow down to their gods. Underline that. Thou shalt not bow down unto their gods. That's no different than today. Bowing down to so many other gods. In other words, submitting ourselves, yielding ourselves unto all so many other frames of reference. We don't want to bow down to anything except the Lord God Almighty. We don't want to yield ourselves as a servant of anything except it would be the thing of God or the things of God. Nor serve them. We don't want to serve sickness. We don't want to serve disease. We don't want to serve fear. Fear. We don't want to be the servants of poverty. We don't want to be the servants of all these forces of opposition. Do we? No, we're not going to bow down to them. We're not going to serve them. We're not going to do after their works. But praise God, through the name of Jesus, by the power of our God, we will utterly overthrow them and break down their images. And we will serve the Lord our God, and He shall. Notice all the things He said that are conditional. Don't do this and don't do that, but do this and do that and serve. Be a servant. Consecrate and dedicate your life to the service of God. Give yourselves over. Give myself over under the service of the living God. Bow down to Him. Yield our bodies. Yield our faculty members unto Him. That's why so many don't have control over their body. That's why so many don't have any control over their minds being renewed. Because they don't bow down. I like the way the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, We will not bow down. We won't yield our bodies and our faculty members unto you, unto any image, unto any idol, whatever. Throw us in a burning fire furnace. We only bow down to the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. And Him alone do we serve. I like that. We won't yield our bodies and faculty members unto anything else. But we give them to the service of the living God as instruments of righteousness, as tools in His hand to do His will. See, all this has to be on the inside, beloved. It's not just knowing these things, it's doing these things that counts. We'll serve the Lord. Some say, I want delivered. Yes, but are you serving the Lord? some say I want to be set free yes but are you serving the Lord are we bowing our knees now notice astounding statement and he will bless your bread and your water that is your intake of food and drink and I will everybody say he will everyone say you will Now, notice, I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Now, only he can do that. Only he can make us immune to it. He's the only one that has the ability to do such a thing. But you know what, my brother and sister, no matter how high that will appears to be, it's still his will. Can you say amen? It's still his will. And I'm never going to start preaching down here. We're going to continue saying it up here, praise God. And we're going to continue to remind ourselves of these things because faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And we're going to hear it over and over and over again. He will take sickness away from the midst of us. There shall nothing cast their young nor be barren in the land. The number of thy days I will fulfill. Oh, how we should bow down to Him. How we should serve Him. And say, Father, I give my body to your service and to your will. Father, I give my faculty members unto you to renew my mind to your word and what your will is for my life. To prove what is your good, acceptable, and perfect will in my life. And as I give myself to you, as I bow down to you, as I serve you, you said, Father God... You said you'd bless my bread. You said you'd bless my water, my intake of food and drink. You said you'd take sickness and disease away from my midst. Did you notice that Paul and all the others who were dedicated and consecrated in their bodies and faculty members under the service of God, when he was attacked by the serpent, praise God, it didn't harm him because his body was set apart to God. See, we can't leave that part of it out, my brother and sister. There's a reward given unto those that give themselves unto Him totally. Totally given. Totally provided for. And that's what Jesus meant when He said, go preach the gospel. And then when those things come to harm you and and destroy your life, it won't hurt you. It won't bother you. I'll make your body immune by the power that's released with inside you praise his holy name I like another scripture along these lines Deuteronomy chapter 7 Kristen when she sang quoted from that chapter Deuteronomy chapter 7 yes great is his faithfulness it's his will it's a high will but my brother and sister it's achievable it's attainable And instead of maintaining the the attitude that we can't, we should maintain the attitude that if it's His will, no matter what roadblock stands between me and the perfect will of the Father, I'm shooting for it. I'm shooting for the prize, the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, my Lord. I want God's best for my life. Freedom in spirit. Freedom in soul. Freedom in body. Freedom in my financial affairs. Freedom in every area of my life. That I may stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath set me free indeed. Notice in verse 14 and 15. Thou shalt be blessed above all people. I like that, don't you? The believer should be blessed above all people. There shall not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. And the Lord will. I like that. That's His will. And the Lord will take away from thee all sickness and will put none of the... Circle that word. Highlight that word. Evil. None of the evil diseases. Did you know that diseases are evil? Did you notice that God Himself calls sickness and disease evil? Why? Because they are progressive forms of death. That's why. They're evil. Evil diseases. They are progressive forms of death. They come by sin, by the fall of man. They are progressive forms of death. And they are propagated by demonic influence. Say it with me. Sickness and disease is evil. evil. Say it again. Sickness and disease is evil. Well, doesn't that say a lot right there? Sure it does. It's evil. God said it's evil. See, God doesn't propagate that. No, demon spirits do. Fall of man does. Sin does. When we happen to live in a world that's in a fallen condition and state. But praise God, we serve a God who's bigger than it all. And He has the ability to cause us to be immune. And He said He will. Well, then why is it that many fail? Why is it that it doesn't happen? Well, you know, when you teach along these lines, there are so many different roads you can take, so many different things to bring out. But I think it's important that we all become students of the Word for ourselves. Because, you see, it's impossible to do it in, in our lessons To give everything I like to give all at once. You know that. If I could, just keep on giving as much as you possibly can. And so we just, you know, take parts of it. And I think the thing that has given uh, the message of faith the bad name is that you just can't preach it all at once. And so once you preach one part of it, people get a hold of that and they begin to run with it like... And we want to conclude our message here talking about using our God-ordained and God-given authority and dominion you hear that and people run off with that they just go wild with it and start operating on the formulas instead of the principles and not taking the time for themselves to learn the principles so that they can operate not just by formula but also by principle. And so they start doing some things based on what they've heard and based on another person's convictions and they end up making shipwreck of their lives. But you see, we're not to do that. We are to become students of God's holy word. Students of the subject of divine healing and health and deliverance. So that we can learn everything that we need to know about it. And you know what? I firmly believe this with every part of my being. We should be on our faces before God and say, Father God, I'm just going to put my body down here in subjection to you. And I'll leave my mind wide open unto you. Give me the revelation that I need to have. Give me the increase within my life. Only you can give the increase, Father God. Give it to me. I'm asking you for it in Jesus' name. Cause me to be quickened according unto Your Word. Amen. Humble ourselves before Him and He'll give us the desires of our heart. I believe that. But one of the major reasons why many fail to begin to achieve what is God's highest and most perfect will for their lives is due to the fact that they fail to use their God-given authority and dominion. They fail to use it. Either they don't know anything about it Or they just don't know how to use it, or they fail to use it in circumstances. See, when God created us, He gave us dominion over all the works of His hands. Why did He give man that dominion? So that He can take that dominion and use it to bring everything, all the elements about Him into subjection to the divine will of God. And that's why God gave him that dominion. He said, use it to conquer the elements and bring them into subjection to what my divine will is. In other words, it's not automatic. And even though God says it is my highest will and I will do it, through Jesus, he already has done it for himself, took our infirmities, and bore our sicknesses. In his own mind, he has removed sickness, he has removed disease, he has removed mental anguish from all of us in his own mind. But he is saying that we have dominion over all of it and it is up to us to use our God-ordained dominion to bring the elements into subjection to the will of God and conquer sickness and conquer disease by that God-given dominion. And because many fail to understand about that God-given dominion and don't know how to use it, they're praying for God to do something that He expects us to do. Thank God for prayer, but it's time to grow up in the things of God and learn how to use our God-ordained dominion when we're supposed to instead of praying. And you recall the illustration that we use. Moses cried out to God when he was before the Red Sea and the mountains were on either side of him. And when he cried out to God, God said to him, after he told the people, God's going to fight for you. God's going to get us over. You want to see the salvation of God. What did he say? Why are you crying to me, Moses? You've got the rod. You've got the word. Speak. And part the sea. In other words, Moses, use your God-ordained dominion. Why are you crying out to me? And he said all the good things. God will do it. Watch and see. No. God says it's your responsibility now. You use what I have given you. I've ordained you. I've set you forth. Take a hold of it. Use it. And conquer the elements. Bring them into subjection to my will by this divine authority. And when he did it, what happened? The sea was parted. They went across dry ground. And praise God, you know the story. Well, beloved, if we can do you don't have to do it, just write them down very quickly if you didn't get all this. Matthew ten one, Mark three, thirteen through fifteen, Luke nine one and two, Luke ten nineteen, and Mark sixteen, verses seventeen and eighteen, all reveal to us this blessed truth. God has given every child of God authority and dominion over devils and over sicknesses and diseases to cure them. Over devils to cast them out and over sicknesses and diseases to cure them. Now listen, this is very important. See, it's not sinking in as deep as it should. We're not talking about prayer here. Jesus said to His disciples... I give you authority and power over demons and evil spirits to cast them out and dominion or authority over diseases to cure them. And the average child of God does not recognize the fact that he or she has that kind of dominion or authority. Actually, we are licensed physicians and we don't know it. We are authorized Delivers, and yet we fail to recognize it. Before he gave it, man didn't have it because man lost his dominion in the fall, and when he lost that dominion, he could no longer conquer the elements and bring them into subjection to the divine will of God. He couldn't do that, but when Jesus came on the scene, he wasn't concerned about removing literal mountains. Unless they're in the way. He was not all that concerned about everybody parting the sea or walking on the water unless the need arises. And it's essential. My brother and sister, he was concerned about destroying the works of the devil in the lives of human beings. And he said to his disciples, you go. And in my name, you are authorized to cast out devils and to cure diseases. Did the other people have that? No. Just His disciples. Followers. Those that believed in Him. And they went forth, the Bible said, and did exactly that. They cast out devils, they exercised dominion over devils, and they cured diseases everywhere they went. Now, my brother and sister, Jesus... In Mark's gospel, chapter 16 said, but for us to go out into the world and preach the gospel. And he said, in my name, you'll do these five things. Notice, in those five things, he is authorizing us, once again, to cast out devils and to cure diseases. We are authorized deliverers. We are licensed healers. Authorized by God Almighty and the Lord Jesus Christ themselves. But do we realize that? Do we realize that the full, the fullest use of our authority is in our own bodies and in our own minds? Do we recognize that? I woke up Saturday morning, when I was a young person, I used to get dizzy spells all the time. I mean, I went doctor to see all the doctors because I'd wake up in the morning and I never know what's going to happen. But I'd wake up in the morning and the moment I took one foot out of the bed, I mean, the whole room was just spinning. And I don't, I'm sure you've been there, but I'll tell you what, it's, it's a sickening feeling, isn't it? The entire room. And I'm I'm not talking about just a little bit. It'd be going like this here that I could not stand on my feet. And I'll tell you what, I would fall back into the bed. I'd break out in a cold sweat and I'd just lie there in bed Sometimes it would hit me when I was in school as a young person. Of course, they thought I was making it up just to get out of school and all that stuff. But when it would hit me, that whole schoolroom would just go like this here, just spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning. I'd break out into a cold sweat and, I, and I'd tell the teacher, "You know, I, I can't stand up." And once again, they took me to every doctor, checked for brain tumors, checked for everything you could possibly think of. I was—I went under it all. I was just young, little boy. I'll tell you what—I I, just to get a little bit of relief. Sometimes it would last for. Two or three days. I'd I'd go into the freezer and open up the freezer and stick my head right on. Just put it right on top of the the, the icebox just to get it cool. You know what I mean? Just a little bit of relief. It seemed to help the dizziness to go away. But they said there's nothing wrong with him. There's absolutely positively nothing wrong with him. Every test showed that, that I was okay. There was not a problem. Well, I'll tell you something. After I got saved, see, that stuff tried to come back on me. Well, it continued, but I mean, after I got saved, you, you know, it, it just tried to come back on me. And there were times, I tell you, Saturday morning, I woke up. Saturday morning, I woke up, and, and I, I knew. I could, you could just tell the moment you open up your eyes, I just knew that whole room. Then you get nauseated and all that. You know, I'll tell you what, I made my way into the bathroom, and I stood there, and I looked inside that mirror at my body. And I screamed at it. I'm telling you, I did by the authority Of the name of Jesus. I said, body, you settle down in Jesus' name. And I said, you line up with the word of the living God. I take authority and dominion over you. Line up. Dizziness, I said, you go away. Leave my body. Now, see, it doesn't want to always cooperate. Did you know that? How many of your kids always cooperate? The first time you say, do this or do that, I know your kids aren't like mine, eh? Just like that, right? They just do exactly what you tell them to do the moment you tell them to do it. Well, why is it that we can see that, that our children have a mind of their own? Don't they? You think our bodies and our minds don't want to do what they want to do? Come on. It didn't want to obey. You think devils just, oh, here comes Mr. Big Faith. Do you think they're just going to shudder and tremble and just say, the first time he opens up his mouth, we're going to run? They'll challenge you. I said they'll challenge you to find out just how settled you are in your God-ordained dominion and authority. Okay, friend, you think you've got power over sickness and disease to cure them? You think you've got power to cast me out? try your best. It didn't cooperate right away, so I put food down a stomach that was nauseated. See, sometimes people just try to follow what you're doing just because they just, you know, they heard you say it. You're going to do it, and so then they'll do it, and then they'll end up throwing up. (laughs) I could have said it more polite, but let's get down to brass tacks. (laughs) But isn't that true? You've got to have something on the inside here. You just can't be copying somebody else. You've got to get a hold of what's, on the, what's in that book, put it down here. And once you get it down here and speak it out here, then it's going to work. But if we just run off and just say, well, so-and-so did it, I'm going to do it, it doesn't work that way. And your body will fight and the mind will fight. But we've got to rise up in the Spirit and use what God has given us. I could have prayed and said, Oh, Lord, remove this curse from me. Forever. It wouldn't have happened. He'd have called right on back said, You big baby, you. That's what he would have said. You're 11-year-old. Year 12-year-old in the Lord. Just, just about. Haven't you learned yet? You, you, you wait till he starts talking to you like that. You'll shape up. You, you wait. Because there you are saying, Now, Lord, do something about this. Just like Moses. Why are you crying to me? Now rise up and use what I've given you. I've equipped you. I've anointed you. I've given you my word. And I'll tell you what. You ever read, read Revelation chapter 1, verse 18? Jesus said, Look, gaze upon me. I am he that liveth and was dead. But behold, now look at me. I'm alive forevermore. And I have the authority. I have the dominion of death and of hell. I've got all the power of the universe. God has placed it upon me. And I'm giving it to you. And yet we'll lie back. Do you see that? God expects us to to grow up. And there will be times He'll talk back to you, just like He talked back to Moses and said, Moses, you're old enough now. I've taken you in the backside of a mountain and I've tutored you for 40 years. Thank God it's only been 12. I've got a little bit of leverage there. But I've always done that, see? And I looked inside that mirror and I just just used my God-ordained dominion. And within an hour or an hour and a half, it was just gone. And I thank, thank him for it. Because I'll be quite frank about it. An hour and a half is a whole lot better than three days. Oh. But you see, some, now, now, now listen to this carefully. Some, because they don't get it right away, they fail to realize that their body's rebel, rebelling against them. They fail to realize that their mind's rebelling against them. They fail to realize that even demon spirits are rebelling against it if a demon spirit brought it to enforce it. And so they tried to use their dominion one time and when it didn't work instantaneously, got discouraged and says, well, see, my faith doesn't work. It does. No, we don't do that. See, using our God given dominion and authority many times will mean we're going to have to hold fast to our confession of faith and say, I told you to line up to the word of the living God. And I'm in it. I'm in every word of it. So body, you better get used to lining up in Jesus name. So we can't get overboard. We can't go too far with this thing because people will run with it and not get the, uh, the principles down, which I want to get to right now pretty quick here. So let's go on. These scriptures revealed to us that we have dominion. And if you didn't look them up before, look them up because they reveal to you and to me that we do have this dominion, this authority over devils and over sicknesses and diseases. And most Christians don't know that. See, they think God's doing it all or God has it all, but they don't realize that God gave them that dominion. God gave us that authority over devils, demons, and sicknesses and diseases to cure them and to cast out. Well, now, what we need to do is is look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 through 19. Very quickly here. And... It's close by, so we'll look at Ephesians 6 also. But in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17, here's where the problem lies. Either we don't know that we have it, or we don't know about it, or we're not developed enough in it. Because you can say the same words because you've heard the teaching, but yet be ineffective in using your God-ordained dominion if you don't have the depth of revelation, or if you don't have enough faith to back it up. See, we've got to develop our faith in our dominion just as we've got to develop faith in everything else. But you'll see here, this should be a prayer. Not that we just speedily pray through, but it's a prayer that has a lot of meat in it. And Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus that, he, that they would have in verse 17 that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give unto them the spirit of wisdom, understanding and revelation and knowledge of Him that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. In other words, the eyes of our spirit would be filled with light so that we would know the hope of our calling and the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the, in the saints and the exceeding greatness of His power. We fell right here. To who? To whom? See, right right there. A revelation. I'll tell you what, we could stop right there and have a camp meeting. To usward. It's not just power. It's not just great power. It is the exceeding greatness of His miracle-working, omnipotent power that's been given to you and me. We are so shallow, all of us. When it comes to the revelation of what God has placed within us, we have potential, divine potential, that would enable us to achieve the highest, perfect will of God for our lives. But we fail in our efforts due to the fact that we fail to understand this depth of revelation. The power, the greatness, the exceeding greatness of that power that is in us that needs to be cultivated and developed and brought forth out of our spirits so that God's will can be achieved and accomplished. Now, what's Ephesians 3.20 say? Or 19 and 20? That God is able to do for us exceeding, Matter of fact, you're there abundantly. It's verse twenty. L- look at them together. He wants us to understand the exceeding greatness of his power that is to us who believe. Why? Because now unto him that is able to do exceeding, exceeding, abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the miracle-working ability that is efficiently active within us. First, he prays that we have the revelation of it all. And then he tells us what it will do. And he says it's the exceeding greatness of his power that will enable him to do exceeding abundantly. Wouldn't you say that that would achieve God's highest and best perfect will for our lives then? Certainly it would. But you see, that's what we have to have. Is the revelation. And that's why he said, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might, the dominion of His forcefulness. We're never to be strong in ourselves, but to be strong in the Lord and in the authority or in the dominion of His forcefulness that He's imparted to our spirits when we were born again. But the only way we can be strong in it is by having the revelation of it. And when we have the revelation of it, little by little, see, it doesn't work automatically. And we don't develop all of it automatically. It's little by little. It's line upon line. God giveth the increase. Quicken thou me according to your word. God giveth the increase. And you know what? Before you know it, what begins to happen, what took three days to overcome, will take Two and a half days to overcome. What took two and a half days to overcome might take two days to overcome. What took a day and a half to overcome might take a day to overcome. And hallelujah, what took a day to overcome might just be gone in an hour. But it is by degree based on the revelation that we have of this authority and dominion and then based on how we cultivate it. Develop it within us in operation. And then, of course, it brings tremendous results. Now, turn with me, if you would, please, back to Mark 11. Mark 11. In Mark 11, verses 23 and 24, Jesus gave to us the revelation of how to use our God-ordained dominion in faith and in prayer. This is very important. See, we've noticed those scriptures before as being the prayer of faith, the law of faith and the prayer of faith. It's true. But they're also a revelation of how we use our God-ordained dominion in faith and in prayer. When mountains stand in our way, he did not say pray to them or pray to the Father, did he? He said, speak to them. When the situation demands or requires prayer, he said, pray... Believing. In other words, pray using your God-ordained dominion to overcome the forces that would try to uproot your prayer. But are you ready for the next verse? Verse 25. And when you stand praying, forgive. Here Jesus is speaking of a condition that can deny us divine forgiveness and make ineffective our God-ordained dominion. Make note of that. Write it down. This verse of Scripture here, verses 25 and 26, is a revelation to us of a condition that can deny us divine forgiveness and also make ineffective our God-ordained dominion. You will notice if you look through the Scriptures... That everywhere He talks about prayer, in many places where Jesus talks about prayer, He also talks about forgiveness. Did you ever notice that? Well, what message is He trying to get across to us? An unforgiving, impure spirit will not only cause us to be denied divine forgiveness, but it will also make our God-ordained dominion ineffective against the forces of darkness. And you can rest assured that if you learn about your God-ordained dominion and learn how to use it, how to put it to use in your life, that the enemy will always use a counterattack to come against you in another way by maybe putting bitterness or putting people in your life who will come across your path to get you bitter or unsettled in your spirit. To get you into a position of compromise, he'll do anything to see to it that although you have the revelation, you're held into captivity because of the condition of the heart. It could be many things. Upheaval at work. Strife in the home. Children having problems. All kinds of things, all kinds of avenues he will use if he can't get directly to the person who understands his God-ordained dominion. And mark it down. When a person begins to learn this message, my brother and sister, Satan will get a hold of all of his forces to come against that individual in a strategic attack. Why? He does not want that person operating in it or getting a deeper revelation of it. He'll concentrate all of his forces and energies and powers against that person's life. If he can't get to him or her directly, he will use other means. He'll get the children involved. He'll get where your work involved. He'll use any loophole he can possibly use to get in to undermine that working of God within our lives. And so here we see that in order for our God-ordained dominion to be effective... In conquering and controlling the elements, bringing them under subjection to the divine will of God, our hearts must be pure and undefiled, free from bitterness, free from unforgiveness, free from any impurity whatsoever. Our spirits cannot be contaminated with strife, jealousy, Emotional hurts, etc., etc., etc. Because if we don't forgive, if we have anything within our hearts against any individual person, if we have anything that's causing people within us spiritually, although we have this dominion, it's held in bondage and we become ineffective. And let me just prove that out in a word. Psalm 66 and verse 18. And it's amazed me in talking to people how many do not understand this principle. These are principles we're sharing now. See, we can share the formula. I stood there and looked in that mirror and I said, Bonnie, you line up to the Word of God. I said it from my heart. I spoke it with my mouth. I meant every word of it. I stood against it in Jesus' name. You know what? All that would have been to no avail. If I have aught in my heart against any person. The devil would sit there and laugh right in your face, right in my face. My prayer would not even make the throne of God. And to be quite frank about it, all the elements would never bow their knee to conform to the will of God. Because, you see, the condition of the heart is the principle Behind it all. I think we need to redefine the word believe. Believe means throw your whole heart into it. That's pure. Undefiled. Free from contamination. Free from unforgiveness and all those things. Look at this verse 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart. The Lord will not, and it says, hear me, but you know what you can actually say? He's not going to back me up. He's not going to back us up. He's not going to do it. Why? Because we're not meeting the conditions. Because it's a matter of the heart. That's where it all springs forth from. So it's important, my brother and sister, that we understand how essential it is to keep our hearts pure before Him. And no matter what the situation may be, don't let the sun go down upon our our wrath. And don't allow anything to be held within the heart. Because it will, I'm telling you, it will immediately shut down our God-ordained dominion. It will be ineffective before the throne of God and also before sickness and disease and all that. Now, notice some Scriptures here very quickly, if we have a moment. Notice some Scriptures here in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10. These are just confirming Scriptures. Notice Jesus teaching His disciples how to pray, teaching them the Lord's Prayer. In verse 10 says, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, you've got to pray it into existence. It's not going to happen on it by itself automatically, no matter what, the, what you're talking about as being the will of God said, give us this day our daily bread and forgive. You always find him talking about prayer and forgiveness together. Verse 14, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your Father will forgive you. And he's talking about how to pray the will of God. By what degree we forgive men is by what degree we are forgiven and by what degree we develop spiritual things in our hearts. If we have an unforgiving spirit, a critical spirit Make note of this. These are important nuggets of truth. It will take us longer to develop spiritually. Unless we are willing to let go of an unforgiving spirit, a critical spirit, one that is easily offended, one that holds things, unless we are quick to loose ourselves of all that, rid ourselves of all that, it will take us longer to... To develop spiritually. But the person who is quick to forgive, quick to go on, do you see that? Will be quick to develop spiritually. It's in proportion. And that's what he's saying. By what degree we forgive is by what degree we'll, we'll be forgiven. As quick as you learn to forgive is as quick as you learn to be forgiven. And is as quick as you're going to de- you develop your spirit man. But if you just let things drag on and on and on and on and you have a tendency to do that in your life, then what's going to happen is you're going to, you're going to have your spirit man to the point that it's not going to be able to develop spiritually quickly. And what will happen is, is you'll be in a position that you can be conquered instead of being the conquered one. Or instead of being the one who conquers. Look at Matthew eighteen twenty one. Notice we also pray uh, the prayer of agreement. But notice when he's talking about praying the prayer agreement, what you're binding on earth, what you're loosing, what you're agreeing is happening is being done. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Notice, Peter said to him in verse 21, Lord, how often shall I, if my brother sins against me, shall I forgive him? Till seven times? And Jesus says unto him, forget the number seven times seventy. Say it this way, indefinitely. Indefinitely. If your brother trespasses against you, Four hundred and ninety times in the same day, he said, forgive him indefinitely. It's the message he was trying to get across to his disciples. If you want to use this authority to bind and to loose and to agree to establish things in the earth and make things happen in the earth... You've got to understand that your spirit man is involved in this thing. And this is the principle by which you should live. It doesn't matter how many times he's offended you. Whether it's your brother, whether it's an outsider, we are to forgive that person every time. Now listen, when a person trespasses against us so many times doing the same thing, there is that tendency for us to do what? To retain thoughts A bitterness within our minds that affect our human spirit. And when we retain those thoughts of bitterness, they eat away at us on the inside. Because they do it over and over and over and over and over. Whoa, who do you think is motivating people to do things like that? And for what reason? The reason is to get to our spirit man. To contaminate it just a little bit. Because the devil knows how it works. He knows how things operate. And he knows if he can shut down our spirit man. Shut down that activity by just injecting these thoughts of bitterness that we might retain. It will hold our spirit man in bondage. And it will cause our God-given dominion to be ineffective in overcoming Whether it be disease or sickness or just conquering the elements and bringing them into control and under the subjection of the divine will of God. So you see, my brother and sister, the enemy knows. And he'll do everything in his power to see to it that he can reach our hearts. And like I said, it can be at home. You just got done cleaning the whole house. I mean, the whole house is just spotless and beautifully clean. And then comes in Jason with mud on his shoes. Or there comes your husband and takes his suit coat off. (laughs) All kinds of things, whether it be at home, whether it be at work. Anything to cause internal conflict, upheaval within. And my brother and sister, I guarantee you, it's probably the major reason why people fail to overcome in these areas. There's so much upheaval on the inside that they can't see themselves clear to use their God-ordained dominion. And for the most part, are you ready for it? You know why most people will then, you know, see the need to go to services or... And I'm not saying we don't do this properly. We do it properly and we thank God for that. But I mean just running everywhere to try, you know, to try to get something to... Because basically, they can't reach God for themselves. And they're looking to somebody else because of all the upheaval. That takes place. And thank God in His mercy, you know, and by the gifts of the Spirit, people are delivered and set free. But you know what? That's not God's highest or best. These are truths. We need to rid ourselves of all and everything that is unclean and impure so that we can use our God-ordained dominion effectively and efficiently against all the powers of darkness. And if we want to be able to overcome in these areas and bring sickness and disease into subjection to the divine will of God. If we want to be able to take worry and anxiety and fear and bring them into subjection to the divine will of God and rid ourselves of all and everything that would cause, whether it be physical sickness or mental torment and all that, if we want to do that, our hearts must be pure for the pure in heart will see God move in their lives. If they're pure from contaminating things, polluting things, such as bitterness and unforgiveness and upheaval, emotional upheaval and all that that affects our lives spiritually, then praise God, as that power is efficiently active within us, we will conquer the elements. We will control sickness and disease and will bring them into subjection to the divine will of the living God. May God's best be ours. Amen. May God's highest be revealed through our lives. Let us all stand. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart.